Yeah, well, sometimes it can be bad. Other times, though, it can be really good. One never knows, which is why it's worth waking up every single day. Legendary Delta Bluesman R.L. Burnside right there. It's bad, you know. I'm Brian Oak. This is The Brian Oak Show. I appreciate you checking it out. Joined by my business partner and producer, Sean Bernard. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm okay. There's a weird energy going on in the world right now. Well, what do you mean? I don't know. People are feeling like it's odd. There's an odd vibe right now. More odd than 2019? I'm uh... 2019 was like a sweet potato fire, which I imagine is the only thing that would smell worse <laughs> than a tire fire. I, I hate sweet potatoes. I know you do. I, I really, love really hate so them. Much. Do you really? Oh, man. Just orange and extruded and just... Are there any other sort of root vegetables that you're really excited about? No, that's my favorite root <laughs> okay. vegetable. What about rutabaga? Can't stand it. Big rutabaga guy? No. Okay. Radishes? You'd think I wouldn't turn away a lot of food looking at me, but... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You brought this up, and so one thing I wanted to talk about before we get to our guest today... <laughs> And you make it sound like, you know, like you're fat bastard from the Austin Powers movies, and you're clearly not that. I'm pissed because I worked out two of the last three days, and I gained two pounds. Wow. I even tried to, like, diet right, everything else. You it's over. That that, no, no, that's inertia, man. Like, over the holidays, you eat so much, and it takes a while for that to all register, and probably a lot of your glands are shutting down right now. My so body's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Whatever. So you, yeah, it's mad at you right now. It's like, I'll it show is. you. Yeah. My whole point was, are you a resolution guy like have you worked out two of the last three days because you're like nope this is the year i pull it online i'm the guy who actually does the resolution and it works so i've done it very successfully like a several years ago i biked three thousand miles and i started with a 30 days of workouts in a row and it actually works for me to do it wow and by the way these assholes who make the comments on social media i gotta just get this off my chest go ahead these assholes who go on and go I can't believe the gym is filled with all these fat people right now are coming in for three days and they're using up my treadmill right now and they'll be totally gone at the end of the month and I can't even go to the gym right now. I just want to say to them like, hey, strap 100 pounds on your skinny ass and try to run on the treadmill. Give these people, how about walking over and going, hey man, nice work, you know, something positive. You're you're interfering with regular workout people's experience and getting, chi, all, and getting all your gravy sweat all over the, <laughs> exactly, all over right. the equipment. Oh, you're supposed to clean that after? Sorry, <laughs> I'm new. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that those people are giving you some side eye, uh, but good luck to you because I'm not I'm not a resolution guy. I'm the, do I look like somebody who wants to live longer? Look at me. <laughs> it's the Brian Oak Show. Um, hey, before we move on and get to tonight's guest, there's a couple things I wanted to mention. One is we are in the Smart Start MN studios. Smart Start MN, the main sponsor behind the Brian Oak Show. But also, as I look around and every time we come in here and I listen to how good the show sounds when I listen back to it, I am very, very happy that the good people at Audio Equip decided to jump on board. Nate and his entire crew were like, we would like to be a part of this. I'm like, you know we're not making any money. And they're like, we're not doing this for money. I'm like, I, I, why then? And just because it turns out they're actually awesome people. We need to have them come in here and just do like a quick bit with us. So we have uh, Nate, Topher, Patrick, Corn Pop. Corn Pop. Oh, wait, that's the Joe Biden friends. Like, what, Sorry. Corn Pop. I think you meant Rob. Is, is yeah, oh, Rob. Rob there. was yeah, the other yeah. one. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But no, we, we, I would love to have them come by just because, you know, this stuff to me, this is a foreign language. I might as well be uh, in the Jeffrey's tubes on the Starship Enterprise. I have no idea what any... Yeah, I know you don't know what that is. I don't either. know. What uh, but I don't know what any of this is. And so the fa- <laughs> 
Oh, really? Did you just meet <laughs> yeah. me? Did you just meet me? In any <laughs> event, thank you very much to Audio Equip. You can learn more about what they do, which is provide high-quality equipment and service when it comes to that equipment. AudioQuip.com is where you find them. And the Smart Start guys, basically what they do is ignition interlock, which means if you've lost your license due to an infraction, should you have drunk and drive, which A, was a bad idea to begin with, but B, you can start to rectify your life and get back on the road quicker, quicker by having ignition interlock put in your vehicle you breathe into it, you haven't been drinking, you get to drive well before you otherwise normally would be able to. They do good work. They sure do, and you can get a discount uh, beyond the fact that it's really affordable in the first place. You it get is. a bigger dis- discount by going to our website, clicking on the Smart Start MN logo, or banner as they call it. Yes. At com. Welcome to the internet. Have you, <laughs> have you spent much time on the information superhighway? Well, I like to hyperlink <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> I look forward to going over to your GeoCities chat board later on this evening oh. and uh, talking about a few things. It'll be, be very interesting there. We can talk about Rebecca Black's Friday. It is the Brian Oak Show. Coming up in just a bit, we are going to talk to a local R&B blues artist who is an exceptional musician and whose name keeps getting talked about louder and louder. She's got a brand new Kickstarter. She is going to be working on a brand new effort in the very near future. And we're going to hear some of her songs, which will hopefully make you understand that if you haven't heard her name before, you should know her name and you should support her endeavors moving forward. In the meantime, I thought, let's hear a couple of songs that sort of are antecedents. You know, there are people who think, oh, Chuck Berry, he invented rock and roll. There are other people who are like, no, no, man, it was Little Richard. He absolutely, maybe it was Carl Perkins. Maybe it was Elvis Presley. Every one of you is wrong. An early gospel enthusiast by the name of Sister Rosetta Tharp, she would play electric guitar during gospel performances, during full-blown church choir performances, but she also is the first person that ever decided to turn up the distortion on an electric guitar, and really, I mean, and some people were deeply offended. Some people were like, well, you can't do this. This is sacred music. This is the music of the Lord. You you can't just be up there fuzz rocking, even though nobody knew what fuzz rocking was at the point, and she did it anyway, and her gift was to blend the world of sacred music and secular music and also be a complete rock star and then go unrecognized for 70 years before she was finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back uh, two years ago, I think, in 2017. So she was like, what, mid-40s? Mid to late 40s? That was probably her most popular time. I think she started in the 30s, but yeah, 40s to the 50s, and she helped cross things over. There is no Little Richard without her. There is no Chuck Berry without her. And then later on, she would inspire, which we're going to hear a little bit of too, the blues rock movement. I mean, blues in America was very popular, but it was also considered race music. And in the 60s, the British grabbed hold of it. And there was the British blues scene that gave us your Jeff Becks, your Jimmy Pages, your... All of, I mean, well, so the Beatles started out with some of that music as well when they went to Germany because they were covering Chuck Berry and yeah. Little Richard. But none of that happens without the inimitable Sister Rosetta Tharp. This is Rock Me. Now, won't you hear me swinging? Hear the words that I'm singing. Much my soul with water from on high. While the world of love is around me, evil thoughts do by me. Oh, if you leave me, I will die. You just hide me in 
arguably one of the most successful earlier 60s crossovers of the British blues movement. Yeah, you could argue about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. When you're talking about strictly the blues, the Yardbirds were this incredible cauldron of creativity that gave us Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton all came through and did guitar efforts in there. And and there are other people who are probably more important in that story, like your John Mayall, those kind of people who really... Much like the folkies, the diehard folkies in America in the early 60s were very pure and very into it, there was a similar sort of dedication to American blues that erupted for whatever reason over in the UK. And then, of course, that would translate into the 70s, going into Led Zeppelin, things like that. Um, But before that, we heard Sister Rosetta Tharp, who without her, you don't get the Yardbirds. You maybe don't get Little Richard. You maybe don't get Chuck Berry. You maybe don't get Carl Perkins or Elvis Presley or even Johnny Cash, at least not in the form we got them. So Sister Rosetta Tharp, when people are like, well, that's not really rock and roll. I'm like, no, she literally invented rock and roll. Although some people call it R&B. Some people call it the blues. Some people call it gospel. Some people call it the devil's music, which is kind of what I prefer to go with. It's the Brian Oak Show, and our guest uh, on today's episode, episode number 16, is Joy Ann Parker. Not Joanne, please don't do that, J-O-Y-A-N-N, Parker, how many, what's the over-under on the percentage of people who call you Joanne, despite how it's spelled? I'd say 75 to 80% Okay, Joanne. Yeah, well, and again, at least they're saying hi, and at least they're being friendly, right? And you know what? I always tell this story because it's true. There is a nice lady in Wisconsin named Joanne Parker who makes quilts. Okay. So if you search for Joanne Parker, you'll probably be able to get a quilt. Okay. Well, you can get a nice quilt from a very nice Wisconsinite. Or if you look up Joy Ann, J-O-Y-A-N-N Parker, then you can hear some genuinely inspiring and deep blues music. Now, I almost don't want to lead with this because I don't want people to think that what you are is a cover artist. You're an original artist. You are an inspired live performer. But the first time I ever heard your name, a mutual friend of ours by the name of Bill Golden, who plays with you, he's like... You've got to come down to this Patsy Cline tribute. You've never seen anything like it. And I was like, okay. And sadly, I was not able to make it. Why Patsy Cline? I think Patsy Cline's really a blues singer. Um, You know, because there's always, there's a little saying that blues is the roots and the rest is the fruits, right? So Mm -hmm. like all of those things are all the same. They're all from the same tree. Um, And so, uh, well, you know. Patsy started out singing twangy country music, and then when you know Decca got a hold of her, and she they changed, they turned this into the Nashville sound, and the Nashville sound took country music and made it into jazz and blues and all these different things. So I just saw a real connection there, and the other thing is, is that she does something that I hope to do, which is move people and always make them feel something, make them feel like I'm singing. That's what people said about her that if you went to her show, you felt she was singing right at you mm-hmm. um, and to you. So, and that, so I just felt like I had a lot in common with her. Um, she didn't write her own stuff or anything, but uh, just the way that she put her whole being into her music. I think that, um, and this is just one man's opinion, but whether we're talking about early blues or whether we're talking about country, you know, it all kind of goes back to this American roots music that mm-hmm. there is an element of blues. And then if we follow it, you know, it's logical progression into Chicago blues or Delta blues or the R&B that pr- proliferated on both coasts during the 60s and 70s. It all kind of goes back to that same, as you said, that's the root and the rest of the fruits. And it's kind of amazing to watch how it unfurls 
So how would you describe your music? Not your, your Patsy Cline tribute stuff, but your actual music. How do you, dis- and, I, and I realize that everyone's looking for labels, especially in this day and age. Everybody wants to put something in a safe box that they can understand. But how do you feel about your music? How do you describe it? It's all roots-based, is exactly what you said. I I do I don't sit down and say, I'm going to write a 1960s sounding, you know, I don't know, pick an artist. I just write what I feel. And the way it comes out is a kind of a mishmash of things that I love. And the things that I love are soul-based things, you know, I mean, blues and soul and country. And so it all kinds of just kind of gets shook up and comes out in different ways. And so if you listen to the record, you'll hear that every song is different. Um, there's, you know, there's Memphis soul, there's old school blues, there's Philadelphia soul, there's everything kind of just shook up into one. So I would like to talk about our mutual experiences in the North Suburban Cultural Corridor. Thank you very <laughs> much, Marty. I would also like to talk about sort of your path into this because it's not something you've been doing forever. You are a married mom, and I don't mean to d- damn you by saying that. I think that's actually kind of amazing that you're also doing this career on top of it. Um, but I think before we go any further, for people who are not familiar with your name, which, by the way, is Joanne, not Joanne, Joanne Parker. Um, I would like to hear one of your songs. What's the first one we're going to hear here, Sean? We're going to hear Memphis. Tell me about this song, if you don't mind. Um, I wrote this after my first trip to Memphis and after going to the Stax Museum. I uh, got inspired and went home and wrote a song. Uh, most of my songs are about crummy ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, bad relationships. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm making money off of these guys uh, oh, anyway, yeah. right? You well know? done. So, hey, uh, they gave me a lot of good material. So, yeah, so this is basically a song about if you're in a bad relationship, just getting out and heading to Memphis, going to a new place, and just starting over. Rolling down that highway, they call the 55. I ain't looked behind me since I pulled out of my drive. Darkness tries to swallow me as I think of what I've done. But by the time I reach that Tennessee line, you ain't on my mind. And by the time I get to Memphis, I won't need you anymore. Let your ghost and his dirty words back on my front porch. No regrets, no time to spare. Now I'm moving on. By the time I get to Memphis,
got nothing on the ice within your veins. And as that southern wind hits my face, I know this time ain't the same. No, I won't be going back again. Of this you can be sure. And a smile creeps across my face. And the battle hits the Joanne Parker, a song called Memphis. One of my, the things that always interests me about real musicians and about musicians who obviously have it, a lot of people want to express themselves through music and they want to sing. Not everybody has the ability to do what you are able to do. When did it start? When did you realize, you know what? I can belt it. I can make this happen. I can make, as you said about that Patsy Klein thing, I can make people feel this. When did that, and again, you don't have to be, you know, I don't think a self-obsessed jerk about it, but at some point, if you're going to do it successfully, and as you said, make money off these losers, not not the losers <laughs> in the audience, the loser ex-boyfriends, um, but if you're going to do it, at some point, you have to have faith in that ability, and at some point, you realize, you know what, I know how to sing. Mm-hmm. Well, I started really early. I think my mom told me I was two the first time that I sang in church. We were, my mom was a church musician, the church pianist. And so, uh, two years old. And then after that, I grew up in a really small town. And so I Named was Mellon, Wisconsin. Mellon. My family will be very happy that I said that. What I'm was the here. high school mascot? Uh, the Granite Digger. The Mellon Granite yes. Diggers. Yes. Yes. Uh, there aren't, uh, melons don't grow in Wisconsin, no, do they? M-E-L-L-E-N. Named oh, after okay. the man who made the town. Yes. I, apparently by digging it out of granite. Yes. Okay, yes. very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I <laughs> then became, and I played piano from four. So I then became the town, you know, funeral singer, wedding singer, uh, and accompanist for the choir and all that stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I always loved to sing, and everybody always told me that I had a great voice, and they always asked me to sing. But I don't really think I understood what I had until about six years ago. 
Which is wild. And I'm not yeah. going to ask your age. I know that's impolitic. I'm 41. It's okay. I'm okay. proud to be 41. I'm but good. here's the deal. So at 35, most people who are going to take a shot at this have already taken their shot and put it aside and done their thing. So you decided to really go for it in your mid-30s, which is, again, I think, remarkable. Why, why, why wait till then? I, mean, I know you have kids. Mm-hmm. I know you have a family. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that I think that is, and not in sort of a... Oh, that's so wonderful that you're doing this now. Oh, <laughs> once you started in your third. I think it's genuinely remarkable because but most people, even if they feel they've got it, they don't go for it. They don't do it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to to make to actually make a career out of it. Um, I think I just didn't have the opportunity up until then. It just, you know, I feel like I blossomed at that time. And that's when I started writing too. I think I started writing I think I wrote my first song at thirty six, you know. And, um, but I was ready and this, I didn't know about this music until then. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. I went to school for music. I'm a band director. Yeah. I was for a while. And, um, but I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So I, we listened to country and classic rock and more country. And that was all I had really. The only soul music I ever heard was Aretha really. Um, so I got asked to join this band and I went, oh, that would be fun. You know, like kind of like you were just saying like, oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, and, and then I went whoa, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I think. Yeah. And then somebody said, well, why don't you write a song? I went, I don't write songs. And then I said, well, they said, well, why not try writing a song? And I went, well, okay. And I did. And I wrote a song and I thought it was pretty good. And then I went, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go. And then I did so much homework and background. And then I picked up a guitar and learned how to play guitar and just, you know, wait, 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 went wait, wait. for it. You yeah. have a guitar named after you from Heritage Guitars. They made you a custom guitar. You only just picked up the guitar in the last six years? If Yeah, it'll be, it's not even five years. It'll, I think it's four years, actually. That's I cool. You. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, again, I don't begrudge anyone their success or their ability, but, you know, Heritage Guitars, they're like, no, we want to make you a custom guitar because you're that good at this, and you've been doing it for five years. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. It's, you know, again, it's hard work. Of course it's, it's it is. very, very hard work. I mean, I think I think it put out there like, oh, well, isn't that cute? You know, it's so nice. But it's really hard work. No, it's hard work all the time. Like, yeah. you have to show up. You have to do the deal. And I think a lot of people who don't, aren't familiar with it, the, the, num- the amount of grind, the amount of thinking, the amount of phone calls, the amount of worry, the amount of time you have to put in to be good at your craft, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people underestimate that. And it is actual hard work and then try and raise two kids and be mom on top of it oh yeah, man sure. can, I ask how, can i ask how old your kids are they're nine and twelve. Oh, you are just heading into the teeth of it oh <laughs> my god we're going to talk more about that in a second joanne parker also has a brand new kickstarter because guess what she's making a new record and she needs your help and we're going to encourage her to do that and you to do that here in just a minute but first i want to take care of a couple more sponsors one is this guy whose face i hadn't seen in a long time and now suddenly i see him a little too much, if I'm honest. His name is Sean Bernard. He is co-owner of The Brian Oak Show. He's also a longtime friend. I've known him for a very long time. And uh, he also happens to be a realtor for Edina Realty. This is a very slow time of year. So what I would like to do in terms of people buying and selling homes, so what I'd like to hear as you express to people while you're not only a good realtor and how they can find you, I'd like to hear a little bit of that New Year's desperation in your voice. Yeah, you have to buy or sell now. <laughs> now is the time to do it. If you wait till spring, anything could happen, man. Everyone else is going to be in on the game, right? Yeah, and you know what? You get your house on the market today. Yeah. And guess what? Maybe it sells, but 
May, everybody's put their house on in May. Yeah. You want to stand out like a sore thumb. Wait a minute. That's wait. That's so let me ask you this. So, so is this? And in all seriousness, I was kind of joking around, yeah. but in all seriousness, I mean, I know that it's not the busiest time, and not everyone's looking, and people are kind of hunkered down for the long, cold midwinter days. But there are fewer people a looking for homes, and b fewer people selling homes. So it could both potentially be a buyer and a seller's market. Am I missing something there? Well, it's looking like it's going to balance out. But here's the funny thing: is People think in general nobody buys homes or sells homes in the winter, and that's just not true. It's mm-hmm. it's about thirty five percent less than the very peak times. But people buy and sell now. If you have a nine and twelve year old, you might be li- less likely to move in the middle of the school year. Right, but right. but everybody else is. Well, guess what? They're looking for a deal. They're thinking, oh, if I buy in January, February, I'm going to get a better deal on the house. But there is something about not being out there when everybody else is. We have a massive shortage of inventory in this town. Uh huh. And so you know, I. I got friends that I'm encouraging to get the house in the market in the next month or two. You know, get it out there. At least right now what you should be doing is all the all the work. So get your house prepared to sell. You know, fix that stained ceiling and make sure you're, you know, all of the all of the uh appliances are working and all, and all that sort of thing. Do you have a camera in my house right now? Why are you I saying do. That? why are I you do. looking at me like that? Speaking specifically huh. uh, about that washing machine that w- looked really good on That's... the Brady Bunch episode. <sighs> Um, that sweet uh, lime green. Burnt orange is going to come <laughs> yeah, back into orange. style really soon. Burnt orange is coming back. Also, Paisley wallpaper coming back. His name is Sean Bernard. He works at Udina Realty, and he's smarter than he looks. How would people get a hold of you if they wanted to? <laughs> 612-859-2594 is my cell number. You can call me directly or text me if you are so inclined, or you can reach me at S-E-A-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D at edinarealty.com. And Joanne's going to be singing my jingle uh, shortly. I'll be singing your I jingle. Gotta, can I ask her one question? Of course. Anything okay, so like. so people realize they can sing, and that all happens, and you sing in the choir, and that's great. You know that you can sing if you can sing, right? But you can wail. When did that happen? Thank like, you. when did you realize? Because there's a handful of of artists in this town that I consider people that can wail when you know you can let loose, as we heard in that last song. When does that happen? When did you make that shift? <sighs> I think I think at 35. I don't okay. think I don't think you know when I found this music it was like something inside me let loose because I had it, it resonated so strongly with me and my soul that I it just shook me and it was like it shook something loose, you Ooh. know what I mean? I always have had a strong voice. Yeah. You know, but not that. Not what you hear now. There's, uh, there's a, so. I think there's a difference between being a really good technical singer yeah. and having even some power behind it. But then there's feel and there's touch and there is riding that wave, which to me, when I listen to that, even that last song, you ride the wave and you're not 100% sure how long you're going to hold that note. You're not 100% sure how hard you're going to push it. And to me, that's where the joy comes from. And it's got to feel the same for you. Maybe a little scary, but also kind of exultant. Yeah, totally. I, I, I don't even know what happens during a show. Like after the show, I'm like, that was awesome. What did I do? You know, I mean, I, I'm like, I hope it was good. Where'd that I, come I, from? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know because I, I really feel like I, it's just a God-given gift for me. I don't really think about it too much. I just do it. Um, I just know that I was made to sing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how I feel. I just go, this is what I'm here to do. So let's go do it. And when I step on, and and, and I have anxiety too. So like. You know, I've struggled with that my whole life. And so, you know, I, it's mostly under control. But, like, I go through a lot of what other artists go through where I'm like, this is terrible. I'm terrible. I'm never going to do this again. Ah, uh, that was terrible. You know what I mean? 30 seconds after I step on that stage, it's like, 
here we go. Yep. You know what I mean? Everything else just, goes away. Yeah, and you just do it. Yep. And um, Here's the deal, though. So, so, yes, you are tapping into something and have found something that maybe some people don't have, but without a lifetime of training, without a lifetime of practice. So for people to think that you haven't put the work in, that you don't have the the pedigree to be able to do this, just, I just get up there and wail. I just like to rip. <laughs> That's the Sean Bernard story. That's not the Joanne Parker story. <laughs> uh, well, I can't wow. help it. I'm so wow. sorry. Wow. I've seen him up on stage. <laughs> Really giving it the business. There's no question about that. But I'm, I'm going to say it's not quite Joanne Parker. Is that fair? Not even close. So but I do, do like you, to belt do you it do? out. What do you do? You have a band? No, I was in horrible cover bands. But I like oh. to sing. I like oh. to sing. But yeah. I, I have a, like Brian, I have a phenomenal appreciation for people who can sing. And, and uh, there are there are only a handful that have your ability. Now, there's different artists with different talents and that sort of thing. But you've got this thing that... I love like Tina Shalesky would be mm-hmm. somebody that I would I would say Tina from Tina and the B side moments mm-hmm. I've seen her a hundred times, um, but you've got that thing and I, I've always wondered like do you reach a point where you go from the traditional oh, I'm going to do a Carpenter's tune to what you just yeah did, you know uh, like I said I think. <sighs> I think it just was that that music. I I just it's, it just shook it just shook something loose in my soul. That's fabulous. I, yeah. I I love that so much. But without the work, without the preparation, without your entire life being spent as it was, none of that stuff comes together. So I like it when all that falls yeah. together. Before we hear this next song, which also comes off of your debut full length, Hard to Love, you have a brand new Kickstarter that you just launched, and I think it's important for people to know that you know it may not be you're not. Trying trying to go to Sound City in California and you're not recording a half million dollar album, but there are still very real and proper expenses. Well, kind of like we have uh, a Patreon account for the Brian Oak show. Like we're not looking to make millions of dollars. Wait, is that a possibility? Is that a thing we could do? We keep having guests like this on. Okay, fine. But you go to patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show, all one word. You know, we've got enough patrons that we are going to repay by having some live events. In fact, we've got one coming up at the end of the month here that we'll have details on shortly. But, you know, just the basic things like we need a studio, we need equipment, we need to buy water so somebody with a sensitive voice like Joanne will be able to drink something while she's in the studio here. Basic things like that. So when it comes down to doing a Kickstarter for an album, for an artist, what kind of expenses does that cover? Well, uh, the producer. Uh, we're using Kevin Bow, and um, so Kevin needs to get paid. And Kevin's um, a great dude, by the oh, way, who's yeah. got yeah. more than a little experience oh, in yeah. his yeah. best pocket. Yeah, but he's also a wonderful guy who wants to he support is. great musicians, and so he's not even charging what he probably should be because he's amazing mm-hmm. and has a super long resume of, like, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Just wonderful. And he's really wants to work with me and I'm so excited. But anyway, so we got to pay Kevin. We got to pay, you know, there's studio costs. There's the cost to pay the musicians. We've got to get people in there. They deserve to get paid. Um, people don't work for free. Um, and you nor know, should they, by the way, which is yeah. why well, like, we're going to do our live events. We're probably not going to be able to pay scale either, at least not initially. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that artists should be giving anything away. You know, I, generosity yeah. and largesse is kind. But what they do is real work, as we talked about before. And so even if it's not what they're normally used to charging from giant corporate clients, people deserve to get paid. Mm-hmm. Especially artists. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more, and maybe more and more so all the time. So yeah. obviously, there are real expenses incurred when recording a new record. Do you have songs in the bank already? Everything's ready to go. We're going to the studio tomorrow. What? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be in the studio all day Saturday, Sunday. And where do we find the Kickstarter account? Kickstarter, you can go right to joyannparker.com. It's at the top of my page. It says donate 
or click to pledge here, and it'll take you to the Kickstarter. Because mm-hmm. the Kickstarter address is big, long thing that you won't remember. Right. But we actually did get featured as one of Kickstarter's projects we love today. So cool. that's on. we're on their homepage. And we'll too. do a bit.ly link, so it'll be nice and short as we link this episode out. We'll do a little right. bit.ly link on that as yeah, well. Yeah, and I'm going to have to follow you because I'm still in Facebook jail for like another six hours. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Ma- mainly because of hate speech. Uh, Joanne Parker, <laughs> J-O-Y-A-N-N. P-A-R-K-E-R dot com, Joy Ann Parker. Can we hear another one of your songs? Please, yeah. Tell, tell me what this one is. This one's called Envy. This is definitely a Stax, Memphis Stax song. Um, and the word Envy is actually not in the song at all. It's one of those. Uh, so it's actually, it's interesting lyrically because it could be the, like the wife talking to the lover or the lover thinking about the wife, asking if the man thinks about her like he does the other woman. So. Do you talk to her like you talk to me? Do you tell her that you love her? Say she's all you need. Oh, do you tell her she's the best thing you've ever done? Do you look in her eyes and tell her she's the one? Oh, and do you call her just to hear her speak? Oh, do you talk to Talk to me Oh, <laughs> 
Joanne Parker is the best Twin Cities female singer you've never heard of. Whatever she plays, Parker owns it. That's what the Minneapolis Star Tribune had to say about our guest this evening. And, you know, I actually heard your name a while back and had a couple opportunities to come out and see you live. And um, I'll be honest, I blew it. And I'm sorry, although it's wonderful to make your acquaintance right now. Joanne Parker on The Brian Oaks Show. Joanne, if people want to know about, so obviously new Kickstarter right now. If you go to joanneparker.com, it's right there on the main page. You've got a new album, and it's ready to go, like all of it. Like, you just need to sit down and write some checks and then cut a record and make the magic happen? Oh, That's son. a little game I play where I <laughs> show up a microphone on people. <laughs> well, I got a pretty big voice. I could probably get heard in Ryan's yeah, exactly. microphone. I was flipping around over here. You give it, oh, God, I almost wanted to try to overdrive the machine right there with one of those big ones, but you haven't warmed up. I know that's not what that's we're doing right here. funny. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's what was the question? Yes, it's ready to go. We got we've got all the songs ready. Um, You're going in we're, tomorrow. We're going to go in tomorrow. Yeah, that's fantastic. If yeah. people want to know, like, well, okay, music sounds pretty amazing. She seems cool working on the Kickstarter, but am I really a believer? When can people see you do this next? Well, we're at the Dakota tonight. There were about thirty tickets left. That was the last time I checked. So if you snag those up, you could come see us there. Um, we've got a tonight being Friday the third. By the way, Friday depending the third, on when people yes. are listening, right? Sorry, yeah. And our next big show is the Parkway Theater in February. So we're kind of we're kind of bookending the Kickstarter here with these shows. So Understood. The, the Parkway is hopefully going to be our big celebratory. We made it uh, gig. You don't know the date off the top of February your head, do you? February two, February second, which yes. is Groundhog Day. The par- that movie. If Joanne Parker sees her shadow, the <laughs> Kickstarter will have succeeded. I love it. <laughs> we'll talk to Joanne more in just a moment here. We have one more sponsor that we have to thank, and that would be uh, Great River Radon Mitigation. Laurie and her partner at Great River, they basically come into your home, see if you have radon, and if you don't, Great. You just pay for the test. They move on. Nice to meet you. Wonderful time hanging out. Glad I was able to put some scientific testing equipment in your basement. Now, if you do have radon, that's a concern because the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers is exposure to radon gas. That according to the EPA. So this is not about causing panic. This is not about stress and freaking out. But your home is where your family lives. Right? I mean, you, you have sold and bought many homes, not for yourself personally, but that's what you do for a living people need to check to make sure the home is a safe place. Yeah, yeah? I, I always have them check it out. And this time of the year, I know this last couple of weeks, you've had people over for the holidays and you probably didn't want to be doing radon tests when they were coming in. But now's the time, uh, especially in Minnesota in the winters, we shut everything up and there's a time where there can be very high uh, radon. There was just a PSA on TV that, TV that uh, they suspect that two in every five Minnesota homes has unusually high radon. So get it tested, get it checked out. It's pretty affordable. They'll do it for 100 bucks at Great River Radon Mitigation if you text Larry and you can give uh, the number. 612-701-2216. Again, it doesn't hurt anything to just get it tested. Hopefully, you have no radon. Hooray! But if you do, then you need to find out about mitigation and you need to not get lung cancer from radon gas. At least that's my recommendation. I'm no scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. But I feel like that is probably the way to move forward. But you played one on TV. I haven't, actually. No, I I have one of those classic faces for radio. Text Laurie at 612-701-2216. And you can also check them out at um, Great River Radon Mitigation. It is the Brian Oak Show, and we don't have a whole lot longer to go. So you told me, uh, Joanne, that you 
sort of discovered this music. I'm sure we've all heard bits and pieces, um, but about, you know, six, seven years ago, you discovered R&B and soul. Was there... Uh, how did it hit you? Like, I mean, like, did you sing along with it as you were making your way around the house? Did you sing along with it when you're in the vehicle? At some point, you said it kind of woke you up and it kind of shook something loose, to use your words. Do you remember how that shaking loose happened? Well, I got, I, I sang a song uh, at a contest here. I sang Chain of Fools and I had somebody Ooh. come up to me after and said, my ba- my friend's starting a band. Are you interested? And they wanted to do that kind of music. And it was supposed to be, it was just a cover band. And then I went, well, I really, cause I'm the kind of person who wants to dig in and understand what I'm doing. I don't, I don't ever just, I never do anything 50% or I do everything way over the top. So I was like, well, I, that's it. So my guitar player uh, led the jam at a couple places in town at Shaw's and Northeast and then the blues saloon. And I started going and I just, just sat there. I committed to go every Monday for a year. And so I did. And I just, and that's in, in there, I picked up the guitar and then I just dove in. I started with the old, really old stuff, you know, Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Uh, and then I just worked through it, basically. 52 Mondays is a pretty serious commitment. Uh, even if you love something, you know, again, you talked about it before, like people don't realize that if you're going to be good at something, even if you have a natural gift, being good and cutting through the clutter and the background noise takes real work. And mm-hmm. so you were there just grinding through it every Monday. Yeah, and sometimes Tuesday. Okay. Uh, you know, because he did Monday, Tuesday, and so I some, some months I went eight times. Um, but I and just, so sometimes the kids were at home just like, where's mommy? <laughs> like they are now when I'm out just gallivanting across the world. <laughs> Do we have a mom? Yeah. What is, no, no. Before we get to your last song choice, for, <laughs> that's so not fair and so not true. <laughs> I just can't help it sometimes. Oh, Being a father myself, sometimes I'm like, I don't remember the last time I saw my daughter, but that's cool. Uh, Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Um, you know, so you, this has, this journey so far has probably taken you places you didn't expect, gotten you attention you might not have expected. If you go to joyannparker.com, there's all kinds of accolades and reviews there from all over the place. People love the work you do, and I would say understandably so. Have you found yourself, whether good or bad, because I find that this is interesting when fame starts to arrive or when promotions start to become part of the bit because it's part of what anybody does. Have you found yourself either somewhere so unlikely, so amazing, so embarrassing, so humbling that you couldn't have believed that what you've decided to do was going to land you in that place? Like maybe doing an impromptu half-hour performance at a a tire-changing place or maybe Mm. playing in front of an artist that you could have never guessed that you'd be playing in front of, or even getting an email or a phone call from somebody who's like, oh my God, I just caught you and you're amazing. You're like, I can't believe this person just reached out to me. Well, I, I, I'm i terrible at my, I'm, you know, I didn't, haven't slept for how old are my kids? I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, I can't no, remember welcome anything. to the club. But um, I think the most incredible thing was just getting noticed in your hometown. I had the whole, when John Bream wanted to interview me, I was like, Oh my gosh. Right. Like, you know, because and now that I know John, I'm not scared of him anymore, but I was scared because I was like, this, well, those you know, berets are pretty intimidating. I know. I mean, yeah. he's a big beret guy. <laughs> Everyone knows that about Bream. If yes. you don't, yes. watch out. You see a guy coming with a burgundy beret. 
just know that Bream is going to be giving you some side eye. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was really scared because I thought, well, my gosh, is he going to like? It? Does he like me? Am I, is it? What's the article going to be like? And then I thought I was going to have this little tiny article, and there was a whole feature. It was a whole page, like the uh, half a one and the whole back and the big picture. And I cried for probably two days, I think, you know, because I just, I couldn't believe it. I think that was the first. Because is so mean. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Really he's just cruel. honest. <laughs> <laughs> he really, I think he's just honest. But he, but, but it was so great. And I mean, I went, holy crap. You know, like, I can't think of a weird one. I'm sure there's some weird ones, but well, I got to know, meet Betty Levette once, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I, I also got to meet Betty Levette. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, we're going to wrap things up, but you promise me that at some point you will come back and we'll talk more, yeah? I would love to. I would like to talk to you post Kickstarter. Oh, speaking of, Joanne Parker, J-O-Y-A-N-N, not Joanne, Joanne Parker. Uh, you can go to joannparker.com. You have a brand new Kickstarter. What's that all about again? Kickstarter, we are making a new album called Out of the Dark, and um, we're just trying to raise the funds to cover our expenses, basically to create the CDs, uh, promote the CDs, pay the people that need to work on it. And Out of the Dark doesn't sound like it's made... Inspired by a bunch of stupid ex-boyfriends. This almost sounds oh, positive man. for yeah. 2020. I know. It's going to be. It's. It's been. It really is a bunch of songs that I wrote about my own voyage of self-exploration over the last couple of years. And really, I feel like I'm stepping into myself. This is the most confident I've ever felt. This is just the most um, open I've ever been. I just feel really, really great about myself. And so that's, I feel like I'm coming out of the dark. And that's that's what it's about. So I think it's very relatable for people and my message really is one of positivity um no matter if the songs are about crummy people the message is you're here for a reason you're here there's a light at the end of the tunnel let's get there together lucky what's it like being that positive oh or as our good friend you Vang, when she made me a nice little <laughs> needlepoint thing that's hanging now in the smart start mn studios never give up on your stupid <laughs> stupid dreams <laughs> <laughs> Sean, thank you. And Joanne, thank you very much. Very well met. And um, good luck with the Kickstarter. Thank we'll you. have information available as we promote the show a little later on. We're going to leave now with one more. I I have to admit, growing up, there was a lot of cool music in my house. I was inspired by a lot. But there was very little R&B. There was very little, especially deep blues. For me, this was all later discovery stuff. And I found that I had more of a penchant for Southern blues than Northern blues. Nothing against Northern blues, but my wife was sort of my entree into all the Chicago blues because she's in like three different bands that that's all they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I found that I was more of an R.L. Burnside, a Junior Kimbrough, a Robert Johnson guy. But then there are some people who started in the South and made their way up to the North, which I believe is the story of Muddy Waters, yes. yeah? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, yeah, it went... I love the blues stories because you have, you know, there's a lot of people we call them blues Nazis because they're like, no, this is blues. And you're like, no, that's blues. And I'm like, no, this is blues. And I'm like, it's all blues. Because if you look at the Robert Johnson, Muddy took Robert and just made it different and then moved to Chicago. And then Buddy Guy took Muddy Waters and made it different. Exactly. And they're all related. And yeah. And so Muddy, yeah, Muddy grew up in Mississippi and then moved to Chicago where he got electrified and made a whole crap load of great music <laughs> and also literally changed american music yes. for everything afterwards you know whether you're into john lee hooker whether you're into robert johnson whether you're into joe bonamassa 
Sorry. Blame I, it on the Bonamassa. I re- <laughs> That's a different one. Joanne, thank you very, very much for being part of this silliness. Tell me about the song that we're going to hear as we leave tonight. This is one of my favorite Muddy Tunes. This is Tiger in Your Tank, and it's about what you think it is. <laughs> I like the way you look, and I love your Transmission, then. 